0: Well hello and welcome to episode 5 of A Life in Music with Russell Scott. The show that's designed for people that love to perform, whether you're doing it for a living or not. This is a show with heart and it's the show that helps support people and performers to be their very, very best that they can be. This show is designed for you and each episode is filled with tips and insights and useful stuff to help and support you and to keep you going and to keep you thriving and striving to be the very, very best. Thank you to all those people that have sent me lots of questions and uh, commented on uh, my YouTube channel and on my podcast and indeed sent in emails uh, of support and encouragement on Facebook and on Twitter. It's gone a little crazy in the last few weeks and uh, it's very exciting and I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly grateful to all of you out there. So in this show we are talking about the differences between New York and London, between Broadway and the West End. I've just come back from an amazing trip uh, with my wife for a few days without the children. and um, we saw a couple of shows out there out there and we spoke to a number of people in the industry, both performers and creatives alike. And uh, it was a wonderful insight uh, into the, the, the differences, the real differences between, between the two the, 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 the two sides of the pond, if you like we were fortunate enough to see uh, a couple of uh, a couple of shows while we were there and it was our intention to uh, to see them um, we went and saw finding neverland uh, which has been open for about a year and uh, is heading for london very soon and we also saw the lincoln center's production of the king and i now, they were very two very very different shows and uh, i don't want to show too much bias towards what i like and what i dislike and uh, and to to critique them too much but it was it, they were they were they were like chalk and cheese. I mean they were very very different shows. Finding Neverland was was very much uh, in in our opinion a very budget show. Not very much happening on stage. Not many props. Um, not not huge amounts of lighting changes and scenery changes. It was quite a quite a static show. Um, it was very enjoyable. There was some there were some great performances. If, if i if i dare to say it seemed a little tired in places and they saved the best moments for the the sort of culmination of of, of both acts at the end of act one there was a there was a, a great end to the to the act and at the end of, of act two there's this amazing effect that happens which i won't go into too much detail because don't want to spoil it for those people out there that are hoping to go and see it it's well worth seeing um the music is fantastic um really filled with some great tunes and um, See, Gary Gary Barlow's uh, written the music and it's he he's a great tune writer and it's uh, it, it's filled with 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 great songs really really love the music and then there was there was the king and i which was 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 totally different i mean this was held on on the the largest stage i've Really, ever seen in my life. It was enormous, an enormous stage. Um, lovely orchestra. Um, the the sound was good. The lighting was good. It was it was busy. It kept you engaged. I mean, the the, the King and I is a, a very long show. It's almost you know it's it's getting on for three hours and it's it's a it's a long show, but. It, it, you, you were never bored for a second that the singing was was fantastic and there were some really great performances um, by all the principals. There really wasn't a weak link. It was it was thoroughly engaging uh, and thoroughly enjoyable. One, one thing I will say about about both performances, and we had we had pretty good seats, but just never felt that the, the volume really peaked enough. Um, when, when you sit in the West End and you sit in the West End Theatre, you're often bowled over with the sound. I mean, we've got some, some great sound engineers and sound designers uh, in London, as they have on Broadway, of course. But for me, um, I, I like impact. I like to be really moved, not just with with the performances on stage, but but with the with the depth of sound and the, the volume. And I really want it to, to take over my body, if you like, for those... Uh, for those few hours that you're watching and, and just be totally riveted and for both shows it just felt it felt a little distant it, it, it just didn't feel impactful enough it just wasn't loud enough for um for me but that said um you know the, the musicians were great the bands were, were great at both shows um and just just really great to watch and and thoroughly enjoyable coming out of the show and just feeling quite certainly for the for the king and i feeling quite elated um i mean you can't really Beat Rodgers and Hammerstein. Let's face it. I mean, they—they, they, you know, they—they they owned they owned the musical theatre world for so long, and in, in many ways still do. It's it's um it you know it's classical it's classical musical theatre. Um, and The King and I's got a you know obviously got a great storyline as well. And one of the one of the differences uh, in in New York from just about all the theatres I've been to there. Um, for the for the shows that I've seen over the years, is that the, the theatres are are quite big, but they are generally two levels. So you get you know you get the stalls and dress circle, which they call the mezzanine, um, and for me no matter where i've sat they've always been great seats i mean it, it just just seems like you can't really get a bad seat um that said that should be the case because the, the the tickets are so expensive i mean with with the price of tickets going up in london all the time and there are always deals you can get but the tickets in uh, in, in in broadway are are much higher than that of london and i think that um i think that london are trying now to uh, as the costs of things go up and and the the risks of putting shows on uh, is greater than ever. The competition and, and everything that the, the the prices are just going to keep going up and keep going up. Um, but they are very expensive. But we you, you know you can you can get some really good deals. Um, and it's worth checking out if you're going to uh, if you're going to go to New york and see some shows it's worth ticking uh, ticking out it's worth checking out um, telecharge uh, telecharge.com and today ticks uh, which was fantastic which uh, which we used um, on this trip which was really great we got some great deals great feats uh, all all the last minute there are also some great deals going around if you walk around Times square you get you know you often get handed vouchers and things um, for, for tickets but if you want to pick your seat and you want to go at a certain time and see the certain cast on a certain day you know you're going to have to pay full whack and go to the box office and uh, and, and get tickets that way. Now one of the things that we did uh, stumble upon uh, just, just whilst walking around Times Square was we, we walked past the theatre where the colour purple was on and we were hoping to see it uh, unfortunately the day uh, we, we were there Heather Headley who was uh, playing the lead now who's just taken over from Jennifer Hudson Uh, wasn't on um, and we kind of really wanted to see her but uh, we didn't really get the chance to uh, to see that show sadly but we bumped into some people in the in the queue and they were they were we just wondered what they were queuing for you know presumed that they were queuing for day seats uh, which you can get some discounted seats on the day where the the box office sometimes give out the tickets in the first first two rows or so Um, we bumped into some musical theatre students who were at the front of the queue now one of the guys that, that we met had uh, seen the show twenty times previous. This was he was going for his twenty-first. He he'd met the cast. He on, on on the uh, one of the performances. He, he bumped into Oprah. Uh, who was one of the producers of the show and uh, had a had a chat with her. And it was he was he was clearly very very oh, has to be very connected with the show. Um, and and loved it and just couldn't stop raving about it. But we had a long chat with him about uh, his life and and his role and and where he sees himself now and going forward. And he knew so much about musical theatre and the, the friends that he was with were you know were chatting away with us as well and clearly very very passionate and very excited uh, about uh, about about the shows that are in London. There is this perception that that. The shows we get in London are superior to that of Broadway, but we, you know, we've got to appreciate, you know, we do put on some amazing productions in London. But equally, we sometimes get them from Broadway, and some of our shows go to Broadway. You know, with uh, *Miss Saigon* just about to to go over there, and we're getting *Finding Neverland*. And you know, they shoot back and forth quite a lot. But I don't, I don't see, in terms of standard, um, a huge amount of difference um, between the productions. But it was very interesting chatting to him um, about, about the way that that he sees. Uh, musicals developing, and the the way that he sees, and he's he's uh, you know he's still at school, he's still studying, um, but he he clearly loves what he does, and he's very passionate about what he does. It's just it's just funny that that. Um that the New Yorkers do see London as the kind of leaders in the field, whereas when you're in London, you kind of think, wow, Broadway, if it's on Broadway, it must be big and, you know, amazing and everything else. And I think we've got the same perception, but it's on, on two sides of the pond. Um, and that's that's a very interesting thing. Um, and I think that that helps competition and it helps you to, to be your very best. Um, and for the shows to just keep getting better and better with, uh, with all the stars. And there's, there's so many stars um, performing in, in uh, Broadway shows at the moment. There's, there's some amazing productions. So much I wanted to see, but just just didn't really get the time to see it. One, one very exciting show they're looking forward to seeing uh, next year is Hello Dolly with Bette Midler. And that's one show I hope that, that comes to London. I'll keep my fingers crossed. But as with as with London, there is a huge amount of competition, not just with the shows themselves, but but for for people, for 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 those coming out of music college, for example, or people that have been in the industry a very long time. There's a huge amount of competition to get the roles, um, and it's a little bit like London. I mean, like you know, there's this huge competition in London, and there's there's you know as usual more more people out of work than in work um, but that's the, the nature of this industry um, but being out of work you know you you get excited when something comes in and then you're working for a few months sometimes many more months than that or you're on tour and if you're fortunate enough you'll you know you'll continue working um, throughout your career but there's just never any guarantees with this industry And that's something we will we'll talk about again in in a future um, episode of this show one of the things that we stumbled upon was a little diner in Times Square called Ellen Stardust. Now, I've been, I've been to this place a few times before. It's an American diner and it's set on two levels. Uh, it's got a ground level and then an upper level, which is sort a of balcony on sort of three sides overlooking the, the ground level. This is a, an amazing place and I wish we had one in London. If anyone fancies setting one up, let me know because I want an in on this because I think it's, it's got amazing potential in the West End. But basically, all the waiters and waitresses sing. Now they're they're all either just out of music college and or still studying at musical theatre school, or they have been performers in the in, on Broadway and then they're not working at the moment. But it's an it's an amazing place, and the standard is absolutely phenomenal. Um, these are great singers, and I don't ever remember them being so good as they were when we went on this trip recently. They were singing all sorts of show tunes, and they're you know just. Uh, Modern ones and old ones, and a few pop songs thrown in. But the standard was so high, and we got chatting to a couple of the, a couple of the waiters and waitresses um, about how it all works. And as 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 people may well know, that the restaurant business doesn't pay waiters and waitresses very much in America at all. They have very very low salaries, and they make their money from from tips. Um, and and that's how they're they're they sort of making their money. They make their money on tips, but they also um, walk around with uh, every so often they come around with a big bucket. And one of the deals is that 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 it follows the legacy of uh, of Ellen who set who set uh, who set the diner up. And and the whole idea was that this was to support uh, learning for musical theatre um, performers. So um, basically, all the money goes towards the waiters and waitresses education. They have to spend the money on either a singing lesson, a dance lesson, or an acting lesson. I just think that's brilliant. It's such a brilliant way of the public supporting uh, new talent, um, so these guys are in, you know, out there trying to work their asses off to uh, to make a living, and at the same time they're getting all the, you know, their tuition paid for as well. I think it's a brilliant concept, and as I said, the standard was so high, and it was so personal. I mean, they, they dance on the tables, literally. They come around, they're dancing on the tables, they're singing around you. It's all done with radio mics, so they're they're moving around and and integrating with the public, and it's like being in a you know a, a West End show, a Broadway show, and you're sitting there having dinner just enjoying these amazing performers Um, loved it absolutely brilliant and I just as I said I just wish there was one of these uh, these places in London and we, we must try and make that happen somehow anyway that's about it for today's show i just want to sort of share with you my uh my week in new york had a, we had an amazing time did lots of sightseeing heard lots of music saw some great shows and um and, and were able to really integrate i suppose a bit more just uh, not not just being tourists it was it was really great to uh, to chat to musical theater performers and learn about what they're doing and how they do it and and the differences between new york and and broadway and they are they are very different in many ways i mean they're all you know trying to be the same thing putting on great shows great productions with first class production values and i think on that that level we absolutely are both in line with each other i just think there's a there's a slight there's a slight difference in terms of as i said the sound quality uh, between the two i think as with with the american culture there's a very positive attitude um in america and I think one of the things that we need to do more of in in london the west end is is just to remain more positive i think when people are not working and quite understandably it can get quite depressing and and people can get quite upset and lose faith in themselves and lose faith in the industry and i think if you've got a real passion a true passion you have to find a way to make it work you have to fight for this business and it's not just about survival and just about money. It's about the art. I know that sounds really cliche, but it really is. It's about giving your very best and putting on an amazing show and 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 having the, the, the expression and having the emotion of performance um, and doing it at the very highest standards. And I think there's a lot to, to be said for you. You've got to survive in this industry. Of course you have to, but you've got to find other ways of doing that at the times when you're not working. Because when you are working, it's an amazing thing to do, and it's it's what we what we as as performers um, is that is what we live for. It's what we live for. Anyway, that's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please uh, keep in touch. Please sending me your messages. Please sending me your requests, and just keep uh, keep tuning in, listen to the podcast, um, check out the YouTube channel. Uh, and stay with us. Tweet us at Russell Scott UK, or you can look us up on Facebook Life in Music with Russell Scott. Look up the podcast and look up the YouTube channel. Hope to speak to you soon. Hope to uh, integrate with you more and more and more. And uh, don't forget to be your very best.